Hey, welcome to the 80th episode of Two Writers Slingin' Yang. My name is Jeff Perlman. I'm a former Sports Illustrated senior writer, a former ESPN columnist, author of multiple New York Times bestsellers, and a contributor to The Athletic. The music you're listening to is Croissants from the great MC Whiteout. And this podcast is an ode to writing in all its forms, from sports writing to screenwriting to novels to comics to horror to whatever genre I'm thinking of. And today, I'm going young. Hallie Roberts is a 17-year-old senior at Harbor High School in Springdale, Arkansas. She's the editor of the student newspaper, The Harbor Herald. And a couple of months ago, after the paper published a controversial piece on the transfer of five varsity football players from Harbor to Springdale High School, the Springdale School District ordered the story removed from the newspaper's website. It was typical bully-the-journalist behavior from a football-loving administration, and Roberts fought back. A BuzzFeed story brought the incident national attention, and ultimately, thanks to Hallie and her staff for speaking up and speaking out, the district caved. So I wanted to bring her here and learn what it's like to be bullied by adults who should be defending you, as well as how she simply refused to cower and walk away. I have a feeling this young woman, an aspiring sports journalist, is going to do some really big things in the field. And it all starts here on Two Writers, Singing Yang. First of all, Hallie, you are the... Um you're by far the youngest person to appear on this podcast. So you're, you're making, uh, you're making history. And you're also the first person I've interviewed by far without question who did so from a high school locker room, had fat heads falling off the wall as you were sort of chasing down your, uh, preparation readiness. Yeah. Which leads me to ask what sort of fat heads do you have hanging on the wall in your high school? Well, um, it's just from our, uh, senior night because I play volleyball here at Harbor and no one has really taken them home yet because we're all procrastinators. So they're just chilling on the top of our lockers. And, um, I was just trying to, you know, get my stuff together and they all just kind of came a toppling down. <laughs> so is there actually, is there actually a fat head of you? Yes, yeah, sadly. It's sadly, so bad. It's you so made bad. it. Oh, it's Man. so bad. If you can hook me up with the Jeff Perlman fathead, I'd be pretty psyched. Uh, I totally could. Well, first of all, before we get into the uh, the reason I have you here, I just want to say, I was going through your newspaper's website. I found a review you did from a while ago, I guess, of a band named Hockey Dad. You wrote, the song makes me feel like the, like rolling the windows down of my Jeep and getting lost with friends in the heart of summer. Then you talked about another song and you said, the song, it's, it's, it's great to lay in a hammock and fall asleep to among the sounds of a summer day. And I just want to say... Mm-hmm. I assume you're eight. Are you 18, Hallie? 17, 18? I'm 17. You're a really good writer. Like you got chops. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you so much. Yeah, I man. actually you- wrote that in about uh, probably 10 minutes because I forgot to turn it in. So. Wow. It's funny. Well, it's really good. And um, it sort of goes to show you actually, there's a lesson to be learned, which is sometimes the best stuff we write is the stuff we write in the last minute. We don't put about that much thought into it. We just kind of spew it out. So. Uh, Very true. Yeah. I thought that was great. So anyway, you've been. Um, You've been in the news and your newspaper's been in the news. It's the, the Harbor Herald is the name of your paper. Yes, um, sir. Springdale, Arkansas. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter a couple of days ago and I come across mm-hmm. the story BuzzFeed did. And it's about your newspaper, of which you are the editor in chief of the newspaper this year, your senior. And you guys did a story. You ran a story and uh, the headline was athletes transfers in, que- in question. The subhead is former Wildcats use academics to justify Hardship requests. And basically, it, w- it was a triple byline story. You were not one of the writers. 
Um, basically, the story was about five football players at your school transferring to another school in the district. There are certain parameters in place for people who want to transfer. Wanting to play for a better sports team is not one of them. And basically, what your story sort of exposed was some of these kids were transferring for the wrong reasons. I thought the story, number one, was really well done. Done. I thought, number two, it was a really freaking advanced story for a high school newspaper. And what I mean is when I was in high school, our stories were all shit. It was all stupid <laughs> stuff about like, say no to drugs day, mail pack high school. Like it was all crap. And this was Don't kind worry, of Don't worry, we have those stories too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I saw some of them too, but, but that's okay. So I want to, if we could even go soup to nuts here, like how did this even come to be? How did this start? Okay. So, well, last year, it even started before this year, before, you know, they had completely transferred and everything. Because last year there was after our football season, you know, our team didn't finish where we were supposed to be. Like we were ranked like number two in the state to begin with on max preps. And, you know, everyone was talking a really big game. And so we were all super excited. And then we lost one game to Bentonville. And it just after that, it was like a downward spiral. So then some of our uh, juniors at the time who would have been our starting varsity players Set we're talking about transferring to our uh, same town rival, Springdale High School. And so, like, here in, you know, in the South, football's a big part of it. But then in Arkansas, where we have a uh, um, not-so-great college team, high school football's kind of the big deal around here. So, like, it was the talk of the town. So, of course, we were like, well, this could potentially be a pretty big story. So... We went and um, me and one of my fellow reporters at the time uh, went to do interviews with several of the guys um, just to see, you know, if they were transferring, if it was just rumor or, you know, if it was for athletic reasons or if it was because, you know, maybe they were moving or whatever. And so we did some of the interviews in which all of the interviews um, that were recorded and stuff, they all said, you know, basically the same thing. They feel like they have better opportunities at Springdale. They feel like the Springdale coach would um, give them better exposure to potentially go D1 than our coach here at Harborwood. And so it started there, but we were very short staffed. We had, um, I think, four people in our newspaper uh, class. And then, yeah, and then one by the end of the year because of all the seniors left. So it was just me. And so we really did not have the manpower to, you know, do a full flood investigation on this. And then this year, we have uh, about 10 people on staff and just some really great um, reporters on staff. So we were like, you know what, let's revisit this. Let's retouch it. And so we got sent um, an FOI uh, report by an anonymous source with um, all of the athletes hardships. And we started looking into them and they all stated that they wanted to go to the Springdale IT Academy, which we at Harbor don't offer here. So that would have been a legitimate reason. But when looking at it, it, kind of raised some alarms because all of the uh, letters were pretty much verbatim. They were like the exact same as each other. So that was like, uh, okay. Right. And then there was, of course, um, a video that was leaked of one of the athletes um, dads and the athlete himself was at a bonfire party kind of thing, you know, with um, the Springdale coach. Um, just having a good time and burning Harbor gear. And the timestamp was while the student was still enrolled at Harbor. So that could have was been that breaking. On YouTube? Yes, was that it YouTube was actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we went into investigations, got FOIs of, um, the coaches text messages with the father and, um, you know, 
interviewed even more and uh, we put together the story and we published it. And in our story, it didn't, you know, draw any conclusions. It was simply just facts out there because, you know, that's all you can really do to remain unbiased. And then we got it on November 2nd, I believe, uh, is when we got the word to take it down. And who was that from the principal or the superintendent? It was from the superintendent. Well, it was the deputy superintendent. My advisor was actually at a Chicago um, like journalism convention with some of the yearbook in one of our reporters um, like convention thing. And she got a text message from the deputy superintendent demanding that it be taken down. So here you are. You're 17 mm-hmm. years old. You're the editor of a high school newspaper. You get the word. You need to take that down. How do you respond to that? It was like after a, a football game, because we had, um, it was like our last home football game, which is honestly one of the reasons why I didn't go to the convention, because, you know, senior year, got to live it up. And so yeah. I stayed here, went to the football game, and I think it was either that night or the night after. And I get this text from my advisor saying, you know, we have to take the article down. And then she put it in our big, like, group me that has all the staff members in it. And I remember just being so disappointed, but also just so frustrated because I knew that, like, I knew that there were going to be repercussions to this because I knew Springdale was going to get upset. Like I said, you know, we're a bunch of good old boys in the South that love our football. So I knew it was going to make some people upset, but I never expected us to like be forced to take it down. So I was just mad and upset. And what was your, what was your advisor? I mean, she wasn't there. Carla Spray, right? Was your advisor? Yes. Is she a journalist by trade or no? I really don't know. No, that's okay. Was she, what was she saying to you? And what were you, was it just, well, we have to take this down. We'll take it down. Like, was it, we got to fight this? Like, how did you sort of, what was your follow up? Um, She was just saying how we, you know, the district demanded that it be taken down. And, you know, we'll talk more about this when we get back to school. And um, so she really just told us that we had to take it down and that, um, Dr. Jared Cleveland, the deputy superintendent, said that there would be um, discipline actions taken if it like if otherwise, if we didn't take it down. So she never really she's never really been like, you know, we got to fight this, you know, like this is this isn't right. And um, I mean, she's definitely for us. But, you know, in fear of losing her job, she's had to basically completely step away. So it's really it's been all of our staff. But um, me and Jack have really been trying to talk to lawyers and talk to the SPLC and, you know, talking to as many big medias as we can to really get it out there. Right. I just want to say I'm, I'm, beha- I'm a 40, I'm 46. I've been doing journalism for a long time, obviously. <laughs> I know you have no doubt on this, but like what they're doing to you is total bullshit. Like it's not right. Oh yeah. And, and here's what actually gets me. And this drives me crazy because you see this all the time in all different places. What you guys did with your newspaper is actually amazing. First of all, it's way above your pay grade. It's way above your level. It's way above what 99.99999% of high school newspapers are doing. It's a legitimate investigative piece that was accurately reported, that was righteously done, that was done with good intentions, that was actually important for the school district. To me, like the odds that these five guys go on to play in the NFL and bring your school district great fame is very low. The odds that Mm -hmm. someone like you go on to a great journalism career and bring your school pride and some fame much higher. And it drives me crazy, crazy when school districts do not support the work of student journalists. It is so freaking wrong. So I just want you to know that like you are a hundred (laughs) percent right there. There's no ambiguity. I appreciate that. All right. So did you get a lot of, uh, 
brushback from the athletes involved, uh, parents of the athletes? Was there hostility in your school? How did that sort of play out? Um, well, for like, I'm pretty, like, I'm not like super close friends with them, but you know, I've gone to school with them for several years now and hung out with them some in the summer, just like playing sand volleyball at like a local sand volleyball court. So like, I was kind of nervous about it just because I, I also have a a lot of friends at Springdale, a lot of my good guy friends are athletes there. And so I was a little nervous, but, um, we never really received, um, too much, you know, complete hate from anyone from Springdale. There's been a lot of people in like, you know, Instagram comment sections and Twitter comment sections trying to defend what they believe is right, which is more about the school aspect than it is about us being censored, which is, may I say, the school aspect has nothing to do with it anymore. You know, football season's over. The guys did great. They're great athletes. You know, I'm happy for them that they did well. And, you know, that, you know, they're probably going to have great college careers too. And we're all happy for them. It's just, you know, it wasn't done the right way. And that's more on the district rather than the students themselves. But um, we did receive um, backlash from the uh, father of the student who was in the video. The one in the video? Yes, we actually on... um, it was a few days ago, he tweeted a, just like a, a gif or a gif or whatever of like fire. And he said, hashtag one year burn anniversary and uh, tagged our, um, Harbor Media Twitter. So just, you know, petty stuff like that. And of course there was a, wait, this is an adult. Yes, an adult. <laughs> oh my God. I just want to say again, on behalf of the, uh, thinking universe, the guy should get a life. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, you know, I understand being upset. Um, if we were in that position, I know if, you know, it was our volleyball team that was in this position, we'd be upset too. But I think, uh, you know, to a certain point, there's a, you know, professionalism that should be upheld or just maturity. <laughs> so, you know, that's happened. But, um, there was also a message board, um, that's just kind of all about athletes and athletics and, uh, Northwest Arkansas and like the 7A and stuff. And, um, people are just completely trying to rip apart the article about saying that, oh, it's not perfect, you know, all this stuff and, um, talking about how our facts are wrong and we made up the interviews and all of this stuff, which I mean, it's more frustrating than it is upsetting because I like, we know what we did. We know that it was right. We know that everything is, you know, fact based and we have the interviews and we have the documents and everything. It's just frustrating because people don't see that. And they're still just trying to put two schools against each other when it's not about that at all. Your newspaper is a class. It's actually a class. at yes. the school. Second period every day. So all your meetings. So every day you have a class journalism. Yes. So this all unfolded in your class, the editing of this article, the, discussions of the article all unfolded in your class. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, um, sometimes the reporters would stay late if they're just trying to, you know, finish putting it together. And we have late nights when we usually the week that we go out to print because we just spend time getting everything done. And that's usually when we get most of our designs done. But, um, other than that, mm-hmm. it's all in class. And you print it out too? Is it print and online? Yes. Actually, this is such a random question, but do you, um, do you ever see students reading the paper in their hand? You know, in, in past years, it's been, you know, stacks of paper in the corners. But with this, our first issue, everyone had one because it was such a big controversy. <laughs> but, you know, we've been suspended. So we haven't been able to see if anyone else would pick it up after this. So, 
I mean, for the for their first issue, everyone had a copy and everyone was talking about it. Before we continue with Two Riders Slinging Yang, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, this is Jeff Perlman, and I'm here with my daughter, Casey, who's definitely in the Christmas spirit. I hate Christmas. I know, cold weather, it's not easy. Dad, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't get how Santa knows to avoid the Jewish homes. Every year I think, this time, he'll screw up. I've tried everything. Lights on the roof, crosses, little elves, letters to the North Pole. He never falls for it. Well, if Santa were to come, what would you ask him for? That's easy. I'd say, dear Santa, please bring me a Stitch William Fuller Philadelphia Stars jersey. Well, that's not... And three Jacksonville Bulls hats. I mean... And maybe a Luis Sendejas Arizona Outlaws jersey. Casey, seriously, I get that being Jewish is hard and Christmas can be discouraging, but everything you want is available. Really? Yeah, you just go to 503-sports.com. They sell all the best throwback sports merchandise from the XFL to the USFL to the World Football League, and it's all handcrafted and reasonably priced. So I can finally tell Santa to go. But I wouldn't go that far. We had some technical issues, bad Wi-Fi. You were in the basement of your school. Took a two-day, <laughs> couple-day gap. And um, I, go on, I go on the old internet, and there's a headline, Arkansas high school journalism students address board about articles removed from website. The administration became, quote, bully and, quote, censor, one says. And um, you went before the school board. You literally went before your school board to complain about what happened. How'd that go for you? How'd that work out for you? Um, I feel like it worked out all right. I mean, we knew going in there that they couldn't uh, like decide anything or really say anything about it at that moment. But um, it was me and my uh, fellow reporter, Jack, and um, some of the kids from the yearbook classes that went and spoke. And yeah, I mean, I think we all said what we needed to say and it we... Um, said it well, so I feel like it went pretty good. Your quote that you said I have in front of me, nobody said journalism was going to be easy, and we're learning that at a very young age. I thank you for giving us this experience because we've been taught there's always going to be someone saying, this is wrong, you're wrong, be quiet, when we know that we are right and we have learned to go at this in a professional light. That's a pretty strong-worded kind of screw you for putting us through this. Yeah, we learned from it, but it's all kind of BS. Am I misreading that a little bit? Um, no, it definitely was. I was planning on the girl that um is the editor of the yearbook was there and she wrote out this nice like two and almost a half page uh you know, kind of statement thing that she read and it was like really well written and it was super good. And I was planning on doing that, but I got flustered throughout the day and caught up in, you know, like algebra three work. So I was like uh, I'm just going to wing this and hope that my emotions and how I feel don't show too much. But um, I feel like I did all right. So the superintendent of schools is Jim Rollins. He, uh, yes. After the meeting, he referred to you guys as phenomenal young people. Uh, he said he understood your perspective. He said they're great kids with a passion and a commitment to what they're doing. On the other hand, from my chair, I have to be focused on bringing services forward that benefit all children and respect all children, including those young people who actually pen the articles. Every child in this district is important, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Did you feel like he heard you? And do you feel like going forward, they will sort of respect your journalistic integrity and involvement? Um, You know, I feel like they heard us and they know that we're serious just because of how we've, you know, talked to all the medias and gotten a lot of national coverage and national support because of it. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, they're 
the kind of good old boys at heart that are just gonna still go with what they originally had planned in all honesty. And I actually didn't hear that quote because we had left because it was getting late and like all of us have homework and stuff to do. And we waited for what was on the agenda as a miscellaneous information presentation. And so we didn't know what that was, but it was presented by the uh, deputy superintendent, Dr. Derek Cleveland. So we wanted to stay for that to make sure that it wasn't anything about us. Right. And so we left after that. So I didn't actually hear that and like listening to that kind of just, <sighs> I don't know. It kind of makes me feel like, like they, they heard us, but it was like, okay, we heard you, but you know, we're still going to do what we wanted to do. <laughs> They did put the articles back, right? So right now I go online to the, to the Herald website. The article is there, correct? Yes. So that's good. That's something. Yeah. It's, it's a small victory. We were, you know, happy about it. But at the same time, like it's already everywhere because multiple media sources have picked it up for us. So they kind of would have, it would have been ridiculous if they wouldn't have let us publish it just because, you know, it's already everywhere. So. Right. And the superintendent, he never. He never addressed you directly. He never talked to the staff. He never, nothing like that. Nope. That I find. That's a little bit infuriating. I got to say, I mean, yeah. it just seems like, it seems like a guy in his position with this sort of brouhaha, you talk about how fine the students are. You could at least have the decency to sort of talk to them directly and hear what their, hear their take. I think that's a, yeah. it's definitely a lapse in judgment on his part. Yeah. None of the um, school board has like really reached out to us or anything except for, um, I, forgot his first name. So I'm sorry about that. But, uh, Dodson, he, um, after when we were leaving, it was actually during, uh, Cleveland's, uh, presentation of the miscellaneous information. And we were walk me and my dad and, um, like two other students were walking out and he, uh, left the podium and grabbed me by the arm and said, you know, like, thank you for coming. And as a journalist, like, I'm really proud of you guys. And so thank you for shedding, like, you know, being strong in what you say and all, all that. So that was nice. But other than that, no one has talked to our staff personally. Let me ask you this. You would all see it from their side. And what I mean is, all right, you're the superintendent of schools or you're the principal of this high school and you're paying for this newspaper. I mean, you're, you know, it's not like you're mm -hmm. making the money off of that. They're putting out the newspaper. It's in their school. They want it to reflect positively on the school. They're not, you know, they want people to think well of the blah, 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 education and opportunities they're getting out of this school. Do you at all understand their perspective or do you think it's just complete nonsense? I mean, I can see where it is problematic for them just because, you know, we did kind of expose them and, you know, the process that they did wrong. But at the same time, it would have been so much easier to say, you know what, we've done wrong and um, we've accepted that and, you know, we're sorry and we're going to continue to like do better as we go forward. Or even just saying, like, if we did have to pull down the articles telling us what we needed to revise or simply giving us an explanation of what was incorrect or whatever, and then allowing us to put it back up. But it, this whole kind of beat around the bush, try to hide it under the rug thing has kind of blown up in their face. So I, I don't see their side in that. Interesting. What do you view the role of a high school newspaper? Like I said earlier in this podcast, when I was the editor of my, I was a sports editor of my high school paper mm -hmm. and we were crap, you know, we, <laughs> Every now and then we do some issue story, but it wasn't controversial and we weren't very good. And you're far, far better than I was at, at your age. I mean, no, no doubt about <laughs> it. Like, what is the, that's not as big a compliment as it sounds. I was a ball of shit, <laughs> but like, what do you view the role of a high school newspaper? Um, I view it as, you know, a source of the school's information of, you know, what's going on in the community around us that affects Harbor, what's going on, you know, with, 
the administration, if they're doing good things, then that needs to be noted. If they're doing not so good things, that needs to be noted because, you know, we have a right to know because it's our school and it affects us. And at the same time, I mean, we're also high school students. So like we love to have like fun opinion pieces and fun, like, you know, music reviews and, you know, like the month's top, you know, 10 whatever albums and stuff. Like we like to have fun too, but at the same time, I feel like as high school students and as journalists, it's our right to, you know, and our job to let the students know what's happening in their school. Interesting. I remember when I was in high school, it was a male pack high school chieftain. That was my high school in upstate New York. And mm-hmm. I did a story. Actually, here, this is a good one for you. I did a story where I did report card. I did a report card for the boys basketball team. And I mm-hmm. gave every player a grade. You know, Larry Glover was disappointing this year. I gave him a B or Louis Hanner, blah, 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 leader for the team. I gave him an A. The athletic director called me into his office and just chewed me out. And he said, these mm-hmm. guys aren't getting paid. They're high school kids. You know, they're doing it for, for enjoyment, blah, blah, blah. They do not deserve the scrutiny that you would give the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Holly Roberts, what says you? Um, you know, I get it that, you know, this is high school. This is fun and games and stuff, but especially if players are wanting to excel at the next level, like look at all the barstool accounts that are after, like out there. Like, I feel like if you're expecting to go D one and play ball at the next level and eventually maybe go pro, I feel like you have to have a tougher mentality than that. It's not just like a bunch of, you know, fat guy sitting around in an office picking out what, you know, every player does wrong. It's someone who watches a sport and enjoys it and, you know, is just giving their opinion on it. And in the end, it's, you know, that person's opinion. So it, if they're letting it get to them that much, then I don't see how they're expecting to play, you know, ball any farther than high school. Do you feel it's okay? So you guys cover your high school boys basketball team. Let's say your team is starts the season 0 and 9. Do you think it is okay to rip the point guard in a column? Like you're writing a column about your whoever, you know, like some yeah. Lawson Jenkins. Are you allowed to rip mm-hmm. Lawson Jenkins in a uh, in a column in your high school newspaper? I mean, from our newspaper, I don't think we would, you know, rip him because I don't believe we really ripped anyone if we would give his, you know, his stats and whatever and give our opinion on it. But I don't think any of us would, you know, completely just rip him apart. But at the same time, like, if that did happen, you know, it's also just an opinion of someone. Right. So your goal, your goal is to go into journalism. Is that your career goal? Yes. What do you want to do? I really want to write for ESPN. So how do you, I, it's kind of fascinating. How do you view the modern journalism landscape? I mean, I don't know how much you pay attention to this. Or mm-hmm. It's tougher times than it used to be. Print is obviously yeah. not very strong. Every now and then there'll be layoffs at different sites. Like, how do you sort of view journalism? How do your parents feel about you wanting to go in journalism? How do you want to go about it? Um, I mean, my parents support me completely in pretty much everything that I do, as long as it's going to be good for me. And my stepmom loves writing and she was actually a teacher, but um, she loves writing. So she loves the journalism aspect of it. And my dad and takes more sports media than any person I know. So, of course, he's completely down for me to write for ESPN. But um, as for like, the world of journalism today, like, I don't know, I love it so much. And it's so intriguing to me. And it does disappoint me a little bit just because there's so much criticism about it, just because, you know, people do get their feelings hurt so often. 
and try to blame it on, oh, it's fake news. You know, it's, it's a one sided, it's bias when in reality, I feel as though most journalists present facts and then leave the conclusion to be drawn by the reader. And if the reader is drawing negative conclusions, then that falls upon them. So you're definitely in a conservative state. I'm in a very mm -hmm. liberal state. I live in California. How do you see people sort of reacting, people your age, sort of to politics now in America? How do, how do your peers feel about Trump? How do they feel about kind of the fake news movement? I mean, there's definitely like a few kids that are like, I mean, nothing against them, but like, you know, pure like rednecks because we are in the South, but and that are big Trump supporters. But, you know, more often than not, you see a lot of kids that are more open minded to what's happening in the world and more open minded to even if they are conservative, because I mean, it's kind of like my parents, my stepmom's kind of more on the liberal side. Well, my dad's more conservative in the politics side, but liberal <laughs> in the social side. But it's just kind of a mix, you know. I feel like kids nowadays, because of social media, are so more open to what's happening in the world and more open to, you know, things that aren't going right. And they see both sides of the story rather than just some campaign ad funded by Trump or something like that. That might sway their opinion. So I don't know. I feel like it's it's pretty even, but more often than not, it's the kids here, you know, pretty open to the press and open to media and open to that kind of thing rather than being completely closed minded. And, you know, the media is the one that's ruining everything and, you know, right. fake news all around. So where do you get what you read? What are you reading? Um, I usually, I like, I have my news reminders on my phone, so mm -hmm. that's where I usually get it, whether it's like Buzzfeed notifications or CNN or Anything like that is just kind of whatever pops up and then just our local channels. So now that you've now that you've gone through all this and you're experiencing mm -hmm. this and, you know, most of it's probably behind you at this point. Was it weird being part of the story? Um, you know, not going to lie. It was kind of uncomfortable and honestly kind of hard on me mentally because I have a lot. Last year I made a well, I guess it's kind of two years almost. I made a lot of uh, close friends with a lot of the Springdale baseball team. And hung out with them like all summer and uh, became really good friends with a lot of the girls at Springdale and like played beach volleyball with them all summer and the football players. So I have a lot of friends at Springdale and I haven't received like any like completely directed like, you know, we hate Hallie kind of things. But, you know, there's definitely been students trying to defend Springdale in the like comment sections when it's just more frustrating because it's not about Springdale High School at all. Like at all. It's not really even about football at this point. It's about the fact that we feel as though our rights have been taken away. And so I'm uncomfortable at times just because, you know, I do. I care about my friends and what they think. But at the same time, I feel like we are in the right and I stand by my staff. So I've completely taken it on at the same time. Do you feel like most people are with you on this? <sighs> From a local standpoint, I really don't think most people do, in all honesty. I feel like our staff at Harbor understands, but, and, you know, parents and stuff and fellow, like, educators for the most part. But other than that, I still feel like people are seeing this as a, oh, you know, Harbor thinks they're better than us. You know, they can't take one loss to Springdale. So they're just trying to get back at him, which is completely ridiculous because it's not about that at all. Yeah. You'll find that, I will say, throughout your career, 
if you go into sports writing as a career, you will get, this is just the beginning of a lifetime for you of people saying, you're only writing that because fill in the blank. You hate the Mets because you hate Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield because you hate, it comes with the turf. Whatever you write in yeah. your life, people will say you are only writing that because of blank. And no matter how mm -hmm. many people you, no matter, you, after a while, you just stop defending yourself because it, it's, it's just a waste of time and energy and you just stand by your writing. This is just the beginning for that one. That, that does not end over time. I got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten used to it at this point. Well, I just want to say I'm really impressed. I'm not that means anything, but I just think you guys have handled yourself with an uncommon dignity for high school. I mean, you're only a high school senior. For a 17-year-old high school senior, I feel like you guys have presented yourselves really well. And I think, number one, as you enter this career and this profession, this is going to be a really good thing for you. And I think, number two, and this I do have experience in, when you go back to your high school reunion 10 years from now or whatever, the vast majority of people are going to talk about how gutsy you were and how right you were. And sometimes it just takes people a while, but I get, I 100% guarantee you that will happen. 100%. So you should feel good about this. You really should. Well, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I want to thank today's guest, Hallie Roberts, for joining me on Two Riders Singing Yang. You can follow Hallie on Twitter at HallieCole21 and read the Harbor Herald at harborherald.com. This podcast is sponsored by 503 Sports, kings of the throwback sports merchandise. Visit the website at 503-sports.com. My still newest book, Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL, is available everywhere. One can listen to Two Riders Slinging Yang on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, and reviews are always appreciated. Music is by the insane MC White Owl. Thanks again for joining me, and remember, keep writing. <laughs>